0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. But we return now to the sad news of the passing of, of Michael Parkinson, the beloved uh, chat show host who's died aged 88. Uh, Billy Connolly was, of course, a guest uh, on the show many, many times. I think a record 15 times in all. And here's a, a little bit of one of their conversations. In fact, the final conversation they had on air
1: Don't go! <laughs> Please don't go, it's the
0: only television I get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nobody else wants me. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my job for <laughs> taking stray dogs, you know. Now, <laughs> listen,
1: first of all, first things first, happy birthday. Thank you very, very much so, indeed. Eh? <clears throat> 65.
0: I'm 65, I'm an old age pensioner. Right. Which is very, very weird. People keep congratulating me as if I've done something. <laughs> you know, it's like you've just finished the marathon. And, it's, and it's, I've just stayed awake for 65 years. Yeah, that was uh, the final time uh, that uh, Billy Connolly appeared uh, on screen with Michael Parkinson. They, Like I say, 15 times, I think, they had conversations uh, on our television screens. Muhammad Ali, one of the famous interviews uh, as well. Many, many Many more and a little bit earlier Gloria Honeyford was sharing some of her memories of Michael Parkinson uh, Alistair Campbell likewise uh, and you can listen back to what they had to say they're up as podcasts on the News Talk app uh, Dame Esther Ranson is with me now Esther you're very welcome to the show and thank you for taking the time to speak to us uh, today what what in your mind made Michael Parkinson so special
1: Well he was first and foremost a journalist so he was curious about people he knew the difference between a story and a non-story he knew how to ask the right question he was a great listener so that depending on how someone answered his questions he would then pick them up on something or oh. ask some further stories and uh, he had this tremendous charm you know he just looked good he had this very nice yorkshire voice Yorkshire attitude um, for some reason he enjoyed cricket that bit I didn't follow <laughs> but um, he, he was just a very engaging personality and he made one feel confident as a viewer that something good was going to happen on the set when he had a guest and
0: I mean in what way was that different were, were there not other interviewers doing likewise I'm trying to understand how it is that he just became such a cultural icon
1: Well, Terry Wogan, I can't remember where Terry came from. It was somewhere, um, (laughs) not London. Uh, Somewhere somewhere
0: uh, west of Yorkshire.
1: Possibly, possibly. And I'm not sure he played cricket, but um, Terry was also brilliant at it. There were um, certain larger than life characters who, with a studio audience and um, the best guests you could possibly get, were able to make magic, but not many of them.
0: What was he like in person?
1: Much as you saw on the screen. He was um, tremendously good company, um, witty. He was a good friend. When you were in trouble, he'd ring you up and sort you out a bit. He was, um, as you might imagine, there was no real gap between Michael Parkinson on the screen and Michael Parkinson in life. He was himself on screen.
0: Well, I know lots of people have been sharing their own favourite you know moments from his career today. There, what what moments for you stand out?
1: Well, I was—I've just like everyone else—I've been looking back at some of the interviews, and he interviewed two wonderful old ladies. Speaking as an old lady myself, I may be biased, but one of them was Dame Edith Evans, the actress, and one of them was the Salvation Army commissioner, who I think her name was Catherine Bramwell Booth. And uh, he was absolutely delightful with them both. You know, some people thought he was a bit misogynist, and he did have these moments of getting it wrong with women. But with these two women, he got it absolutely right. And uh, I recommend them to your listeners. Have a look at them. They're on the Internet.
0: Okay, that 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 is a good recommendation now because lots of people will do the obvious, the Billy Connollys and the Muhammad Ali's and maybe even the Meg Ryan's. Uh, so that's a, that's a good one. It's a different one for people to go out uh, and and seek out over the next couple of days. Uh, is is there a, a natural successor to him on the television screen today? Who is his equivalent?
1: Well, you've got Graham Norton, haven't you? But Graham does a very very different show. It's very highly produced, his show, and his guests always say something slightly rude. Whereas Parkey, it was much more geared to the individual interviewee. And, of course, it was usually one at a time, although I was there on a famous occasion where there were more than one of us, which was when Bernard Manning came on. Mm. It was quite interesting, actually, because... um, the researcher, when he, when she told me that Bernard Manning was going to be on the show and I flinched a bit and she said, don't you like him? And I said, he's so racist and of course she must have reported that back because when Parkey had finished talking to me um, I got up to go and he motioned me to stay where I was and sit down and on came Bernard Manning and told two really racist jokes and the audience roared with laughter because he was a very skillful comedian. And I sat there looking like an Easter Island statue, unmoved, and Parky looked at me and said, you're not enjoying the fester, are you? And I explained that I think racist jokes are all wrong. I mean, not only hurtful to an individual, but also they make an audience feel comfortable with racism. And in a way, I was the prude. I was the one that was spoiling the sport. But um, actually, it was quite, uh, my agent was quite close to me, my then agent, and, and said to me, couldn't you have laughed along? And I said, I just, just couldn't. Mm. I can't laugh at those jokes. Anyway, Bernard Manning didn't come back on television for many decades. And humor was already changing, I'm sure. I don't think I had anything to do with it. But humor did change. And if you look back at the Bernard Manning interview, and it's there on the internet, Um, you will see jokes that nobody would possibly make now.
0: What was it like to be interviewed by him before Bernard Manning came out on stage that day, for example?
1: Well, it was was very enjoyable because he always did his homework. He knew a lot about you. He knew where the best stories were and um, occasionally, get an unexpected one. It's quite interesting because the Bernard Manning moment, for me, was indeed unexpected. And thinking about it, I imagine it was quite unexpected for Bernard Manning too. Who knows? But what interests me about that is that it was quite a serious issue that he was getting me to talk about. And so his chat show wasn't afraid of raising quite serious issues when it was appropriate.
0: And yeah, and I guess that's maybe something that's missing from the current crop. And they're very entertaining a lot of them and you you laugh along, but I I can't remember the last time I saw somebody making kind of a a serious point on any of them about racism in society, for example, like you were.
1: Well, that's absolutely right. I think we live at a time when television is much more specialist than it was. I mean, you won't remember this because you're much too young, but I once made a programme which could have a talking dog in it at one moment and stories about children who hurt themselves on dangerous playgrounds at another. And that was all in one show. And I think these days, you know, people are very frightened of doing a mix and match. Mm. And, you know, you, you switch on four serious stuff and you've got to be very earnest. Or you switch on four loads of laughs. And there was no way these days, it seems, of bridging that.
0: Well, uh, listen, he he will be sorely missed by so many people uh, uh, chief amongst them is family and and our thoughts mainly with them uh, today Esther listen before you go I know lots of people listening they'll just be acutely conscious as well of your own health battles uh, uh, with lung cancer in recent times how are you?
1: Well I'm in a a situation which is known to us as scan anxiety I think a lot of people in my situation know about that and that's when you're between scans so you really don't know how you are but thank you very much for asking. I shall do my best.
0: Well, we, we wish you well, uh, uh, Esther, and I'm sure everybody listening uh, likewise. So thank you very much for taking the time and uh, the best of luck w- with the scan whenever it is due. Dame Esther Ranson. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.